Today's episode of The Rewatchables is brought to you by State Farm. State Farm agents know that in life, anything can happen. You might buy your dream car on impulse or come home to a broken-in apartment, maybe say yes to a proposal from your significant other and start a family, or find yourself in a fender bender when you least expect it. Whatever happens. When it comes to home and auto insurance, State Farm agents are there to help. And with over 19,000 agents in neighborhoods across the U.S., there could be one just around the corner. Contact an agent today. No matter what neighborhood you're from, Whatever stage of life you're in, check out statefarm.com today to find an agent in your neighborhood, State Farm. Talk to an agent today. We're also brought to you by TheRinger.com, one of the world's last great websites, uh, as well as we have a whole bunch of podcasts. You can go to our YouTube channel, watch videos there. You can go to our Twitter feeds. You can go to the Rewatchables Twitter feed. You know that existed? At the Rewatchables. We post a whole bunch of stuff about the movies we're about to do including this one, the second installment of The Flawed Rewatchables. Guys, it ain't the 85 minutes. It's what happens in the 85 minutes. Vision Quest, coming up. At first, all Loudon Swain could think of was getting in shape. But since he met the girl of his dreams, all he can think of is her shape. You're not from around here, are you? Are you kidding me? Trenton, New Jersey. And he certainly can't do what's on his mind. You know that sexual intercourse burns up 200 calories a shot? By the way. This is the new film from the executive producers of Flashdance. Vision Quest. Bill Simmons here with Chris Ryan and Ryan Rossillo. This is episode two of the Flawed Rewatchables. Incredibly rewatchable movies that have one flaw. We'll get to the flaw later. We're doing Vision Quest. Let's start here. Do you feel like you need to tell people what Vision Quest is? Vision Quest is a movie that came out in 1985. <laughs> it stars Matthew Modine. It is about a high school wrestler who decides... He says, the movie starts by him saying, my name's Ladin, Ladin Swain. Last week I turned 18. I wasn't ready for it. I haven't done anything yet. So I made this deal with myself. This is the year I make my mark. First of all, great setup, great advice. It's kind of like marriage. He he decides he needs to go from 190 pounds to 168 to wrestle, shoot the unbeatable guy in, uh, in the state. I'll start here. Not only is this the greatest wrestling movie ever, this is the only wrestling movie ever. It's basically this and win, win, and then a bunch of professional wrestling movies. But a lot of people wrestle. And I think for the wrestling community, this has become what like Slapshot became to the hockey community. It is this oversized, important movie that I think everybody who's ever wrestled has probably watched. Very secretly, it's a really good 80s movie, Chris It's like Ryan. the quintessential 80s movie because it, it's not aware that it's an 80s movie. No. Like when we think back about what 80s movies are now, you either think of big blockbusters like Beverly Hills Cop, uh, Steven Spielberg, Amblin, kind of Goonies, E.T., sci-fi, or fantasy, like adventures. John Hughes. Or John Carpenter, horror, right. or John Hughes comedy. But this is actually just like an 80s movie that's like, it feels more like a 70s movie, but in the 80s. And it's like, when I think about these movies, I mean, this is really like my friend's older brothers. Like when I think about like 85, I was like a little young, but 
this is what they were like, kind of, you know? You had never seen it, Rosillo. Yeah, that was the thing is when you guys were like, hey, we, we have you on this rewatchable schedule for these upcoming movies. And I went, okay, in, done. And I go, you guys know I've never seen Vision Quest. Yesterday's the first time I'd ever seen it. And sometimes just things happen. Like, I'm not one of those assholes that like somehow takes pride in never seeing a Star Wars. You're like, okay, you want to really miss out on one of the most ar- iconic things, like honestly, yeah. in the history of man. So you weren't going around seeing like, yeah, I haven't seen Vision yeah, Quest. Vision Quest, never <laughs> seen it. No interest. You know, like people get like arrogant about not seeing stuff that everybody's seen. And I don't understand. So that wasn't what this was. And I was, I was a little worried because Chris is just so good. It's an eighties movie that doesn't know it's an eighties movie. <laughs> Do you have these written out? Like, are there index cards? I have that that written out. I wrote that down just to remember. It's a fountain of knowledge, Chris Ryan. Can I push back on the wrestling thing? The wrestler with with Mickey Rourke is a great wrestling movie. Yeah, but that's this, professional wrestling. He's, t- he's talking... I'm saying you're amateur talking wrestling. actual it's wrestling. Like Fox amateur Catcher? wrestling. Was Foxcatcher amateur? Yeah, that was I like... Guess. That movie was cuddling. depressing. <laughs> Win-Win was the other one. Win-Win was pretty good. Yeah. So yeah. I think Vision Quest is better, though. But the 80s movie part of it, I, I go back and watch this and go... My God, this is like every every movie. And this yeah. is based on a novel called Vision Quest. And the whole time you're like, how the hell did they get the title Vision Quest? Mm-hmm. How did that happen? And at the end in my notes, I go, worst title to a movie ever. Like, did it make any sense whatsoever? Well, but Cooch says at one point. I, know, I get end, that yeah. part. No, Cooch He's early like, on. Vision Quest. He's so like, I actually, I think the title's good. You like the Native American little... I just like he's on a vision quest. He's 18. He doesn't know who he is yet. And he decides that this is something... He wants to do one great thing. The way they talk about it in this movie is is everybody is watching is like, of course, vision quest. (laughs) And that's not the case. No, that's that's what I thought. Like, there was a few things at the end where... um, And I was reading the Wikipedia summary. Yeah. And after I'd watched the movie and I think... Is that really what happened? Like, right. Wait a minute. That Wikipedia <laughs> summary seems to be so much more clear <laughs> in what happens in this movie because it does, like a lot of 80s movies, you're like, okay, I get it. All right, that's the bad guy. But if you start at the beginning, like he's a loser. Yeah. Like people don't like him. Once you once you start a movie with your main character sitting by himself at lunch, and I know what that's like because I went through it for a couple <laughs> years in high school, it's a tough stretch. You I mean, did? I, yeah. You did? Well, yeah, it was weird. I mean, I moved. And at All-Star Weekend. (laughs) (laughs) At the hotel bar on a Thursday night. Hotel bar. Thank you for listening. Having a burger. But I, yeah, when I moved uh, to Martha's Vineyard my sophomore year, it was was like a month into this that year. And it was funny because I had been popular pretty much my whole life going up to that. And then for two years, I was solo lunch guy, but I was self-aware solo lunch guy. Uh, It wasn't like, hey, I know I'm just a loser. I was just like, how do these people not realize how cool I am? And I just go, I get (laughs) They're missing out. Right, I'm just like two years of this. So when I see Modine solo, I'm like, okay, this kid sucks. (laughs) Well, it's a movie with no bad guys. Because Shoot is, yeah, set up as a bad guy, but he's actually like pretty good. Like, he's just this guy who's a state champion and this guy wants to make a run on him. He's not really intimidating. First time we see him, he's Carrying walking him. up a football stadium with a log. How hard would that be? Really you want to do hard. this now or yeah. later? Oh, is that a big log? I think that's why you guys asked me. You just want to ask me about some of the workouts. No, <laughs> I knew you would love this movie. Yeah. Uh, what do you mean he wasn't intimidating? I thought he was pretty intimidating. Shoot, he's intimidating, but not mean. He's Don't. not like Cobra Kai. He's not the classic 80s Cobra Kai was right like, by I'm right. going to rip your balls the off. The best part about Shoot also is his casual outfit is just the Canadian tuxedo. He's just going jean jacket and jeans. Because, yeah. I mean, like, as you were in Spokane 80s. in 85, but he's just, like, when he's not carrying a log up an arena steps, he looks like John Mellencamp. Well, the the funny thing is, Modine, Loud and Swain. What a name, by the he way. He actually might be the bad guy in this. 
He's he's totally selfish. Yeah. Like the the team's in place. He's their one ninety guy. He's he like, screws fuck up that. Cooch's, I'm go yeah. He ruins Cooch's self confidence. Yeah. In two minutes, then he goes down to one sixty eight. Oh, I'm sorry. Sorry, yeah, you're yeah. right. Now there's a he's, step I didn't know. Which and it, the, they have to navigate all these weight classes. Meanwhile, you know he's getting nosebleeds. He cost them the Thompson High or the uh, whatever that match was when he lost to Lewis Smith because he's bleeding all over the place because he has no weight on right yeah. now. Um, and then. And it's a big thing where that big guy, Otto, and he's going, you know, he does that. You think you're bigger than the team? Like, he does that yelling stuff. He's like, wrestling's an individual sport. Right. And he's kind of, it's kind of a dick. Yeah, that's kind of one of my first conclusions. I mean, it's a lot like the Karate Kid except with wrestling because Danny was an asshole. Like, Machio's character, like, he he was, I always kicked, jo- out of, kicked off the soccer team for a reason. Yeah, I always <laughs> joke that, like, honestly, you go back and look at that movie when you're older, you're like, Cobra Kai was right. Yeah. You know, like, don't. So I, uh, <laughs> the pro Cobra Kai, <laughs> pro Kai, <laughs> but, but in this one, you know, Modine's weird is like, I don't know that. And again, I would have consumed this differently in 85 when that was, when you really started like kind of getting into some of these movies, you're like, what's going on here? Yeah, and it's yeah. like your first, like, at least for me, cause I was 10 and you know, you're, you're starting to think about gender differently and all that kind of stuff. But I wouldn't have picked up on any of this stuff back then, but there's like, I mean, at one point, Modine is hanging out with his chef buddy because he's he's a room service guy at this hotel. I think the Spokane part of it is really important because yeah. it's kind of like this off-the-grid town. Yeah. And the wrestling part of it is like a big deal. But when he just sits down, it's like, I'm going to be an astronaut gynecologist. Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> like He's just writing editorials about female anatomy for his school paper. And their one girl is like... Great idea. Yeah, this is right. great. Like, hey, son, his dad comes down. He's like, what are you working on? And be like, oh, school paper. Oh, what's the topic? The clitoris. <laughs> you know, like this movie does some weird stuff yeah. where his dialogue is not the predictable 85. He's like in a Coen Brothers movie. And like everybody else is just in a sports movie, but he's just like, I want to be a space guy to college. It's like you're saying, yeah. yeah. But like, it's important to put that in the context of the mid 80s because most of these mid 80s characters are not kind of deep thinkers like that and kind of way out there. The heroes of these movies are just these people who are like, I just want to date the best looking girl in the school and be good on the mm-hmm. soccer team or whatever. And he's got this whole weird fucking thing. And he's racked with doubt about that. He hasn't accomplished anything yet at age 18. And then the classic eighties trope of the hot girl that moves into his house. Carla. Carla, where it's like, oh, man. I mean, think about, like, weird science. How many different movies from that era is just somebody trying to get laid by the unattainable person they yeah, can't get laid by? thing. This was every 80s movie. Yeah, sure thing was another one. It's a great combination of two genres that are pretty much lost to the 80s, which is the weird science hot girl shows up in my house meets <laughs> working class high school sports movie. So Wildcats, this. All Hoosiers, the right moves. All yeah. the right moves. Where it's like, you know, my life's not going in a lot of different directions. I really only have sports. But even deep down, I kind of know this isn't going to turn out to be I'm Joe Montana. Like, I'm just hoping to get out of Pittsburgh. Right. You know All the I mean? Right Moves is a good parallel because yeah. I do feel like, and we're talking about this 10-year sports movie. It's 11 years from Longest Yard, the first great sports movie ever. And then we start going through, we hit Rocky, we hit Slapshot, we had Bad News Bears 1, Bad News Bears and Breaking Training, which is an all-time classic. Um, semi-tough, North Dallas 40, and we start going through the sports. Fast break one-on-one, become the basketball movies, Fish should say Pittsburgh. Johnny Be Good was on off the radar. Oh, yeah. right, 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 like right. It totally took on recruiting. So they're hitting cool. every sport, 
and by 1985, they're like, wrestling? <laughs> what about high school wrestling? No, they do like breaking away. They're just right. like, cycling sounds cycling. good. Yeah. So they're hitting every sport with the same kind of underdog rising to the occasion and, and defeat, defying the odds kind of plot. And this was really it. By about 85, they had run out. Mm-hmm. And then we have like the whole kids era after that. Like that's coming with rookie of the year and- um, and then we have like the Air sports plug. comedy era where like major league, yeah. you know, necessary roughness, but we're still in that zone of like everybody going, wow, Rocky made $300 million yeah. and got nominated for Oscars. Like what's our version of this? And you're right. Cause there was a grittiness to all of those. Like right. when all I was thinking, moves is a good movie. I, yeah. I still stand by it. I don't know what year Johnny B. Good was. Cause I actually, now that I've said it, I don't think it falls into the category of like, the it was stuff like a year later. Yeah, it was like 86. Yeah. That was Anthony Michael Hall trying not to be a nerd anymore. Yeah, he was. I thought he was cool in the movie. Yeah. Um, Carla, it, watching this for the first time, and as, as I do this, and I love that Linda Fiorentino. I did yeah. some research on her. She's great. Uh, great. I love that she has two different date of births. Yes. We still don't know. 58 speaking and 60. Of, speaking of wrestling. Is that true? I looked yeah. that up too. Yeah. I was yep. curious. So but, this was her first movie ever. First, she got it on the first audition, the whole thing. She'd never been at anything before. You could tell at times. Yeah. And. Yet I'm at home being like, okay, what's going to happen? Are they going to do the, like, I don't know if he was going to close the deal. Right. <laughs> I just, and that was kind of how I watched it. Maybe she was going to wind up with Tanner Ann. I or, don't know. Or maybe yeah. she was going to be this like older sage, even though she was only 21 and he was 18 and she's staying at his house for a little while. Like I'm at home being like, all right, you have to place a bet. Like, does he end up kind of weirdly dating her? Yeah. Because that's what an 80s movie would normally tell you to do. It's almost like I let today's movies get in the way of like, mm. No, no. In the 80s, he's going to hook up with her. Like, stop asking the question. <laughs> Where today, I'd be like, maybe there's some sort of lesson that he learns yeah. from this. And there's just this odd, weird tension like Leon and the professional. So it has the other mid-80s thing that we talked about in the Breakfast Club podcast that we just did. Where this is the MTV Miami Vice era, like the peak. And music has to be involved. Yes. There has to be a couple montages. And this movie does that as well as anybody. Like, he pins Cooch at the beginning to get 178, and then it immediately cuts to the Journey song and him right. running with the Spokane, the John Waite high, song. Spokane yeah. side. The John Waite song when he's climbing the pegs. The lunatic fringe right as he's about to do shoot. And it's just, and it's, then they play it's, it's Crazy for You really three well. times. Right. Crazy for You, it's performed live once, and then it just comes back twice. And that's another really mid eighties ish thing. It's early, early beautiful Madonna. Yeah, yeah, as good as she's ever gonna look, Madonna. That was weird because Madonna's playing like a local club, and then then you're kind of like, is this what it would be like to be a high school senior in some rural area in (laughs) nineteen eighty five? Where it's like, okay, I'm gonna get done with class, maybe I'll head over to Tappers, you know, (laughs) and throw some beers back on my my teacher. And then you're like, English teacher buys me a Michelob. (laughs) And by the way, is there a bigger is there a bigger power move than just sloppy ribs at a busy bar? Mm, (laughs) Like before I start firing on chicks, I'm gonna throw back a couple racks of ribs and a, and, a, and a low and brow. I just need a, a bib and like a wet wipe for my fingers. One of the things that's so funny. I get funny, a shot of rumpy for my breath. <laughs> she keeps like, like when the teachers like have some ribs or whatever, she's just like, he thinks that his weight loss Oh, not is, loud and loud. Sorry, loud and yeah. thinks that his weight loss is the Cuban Missile Crisis. He's like, you, I, didn't you hear? I'm yeah. trying to drop down to 168 and the teacher's like, yeah, I don't give a shit. You know what I mean? I'd yeah. be stuck here in Spokane reading Gerard Manley Hopkins to a bunch of 15-year-olds. I would say it, it's a precursor to this generation where now, like, the selfie 
narcissist generation, Laddern was way ahead of his time. Oh, like, yeah. If he was doing this in 2020, he would be Instagramming his weight loss every yeah, day. Yeah, he would have like an he'd app. He'd be running that was on like, the Spokane. Yeah. He took a burger off of a bun yeah. and it wasn't even a real burger. Yeah. burger. It was almost like beyond meat. That he'd guy invented like, the impossible burger. He did. <laughs> he did. <laughs> Elmo, man. He's, he's like crying over Pele videos. Quest for 168. Right, and that guy's firing a dart while he's handling his burger and then he gets mad at Modine for not using the yeah. bun. I mean, think about it. That was that was an impossible burger. Yeah. And then Loudon takes it off the bun and there is, look, the weight loss thing is from minute one. Like, yeah. It's, it's the, the whole movie. movie. Yeah. It's the entire movie is just like, is this guy going to hit his weight? Well, what, you, you, yeah. you're, you know about lifting and weight and stuff. Going from 90 to 68. What's that? Dropping it depends, 22. It depends on like who you're framing. Like, okay, so I was incredibly skinny my whole, I couldn't keep a pound on me and it just wasn't going to happen until like I eventually filled out. And then when I hit puberty at 26, <laughs> um, my shoulders, you know, started expanding a little bit. And then, but I could, I weigh like 220, 225 now, depending on the day. I have this, the type where I could get down to 210 like that. Would you have to minutes? wear a rubber suit? No. Well, I wouldn't want to. I, I could get that. Like, so I'm just Does saying the rubber like, suit work. Is that something you would it's incorporate? Just water. It's just water. So eventually I like, I don't know that the, the rubber suit, I think eventually like, that's why I kept having bloody noses all the time is because <laughs> you're just lower. Although he was unbelievable. Like he's like, Oh, I just got an iron DPL level. It's just, you know, a touch <laughs> off. I can't believe in 1985, nobody's like, is Loudon doing blow? Like, what's happening? <laughs> yeah, it's like, true. Yeah. yeah, you would have thought. But I didn't know, like, watching a movie, I go, is there going to be, like, some weird cancer ending to this? Oh, yeah. Like, I didn't know what was going on. So, uh, to get to 190 in high school, to 168, and he already looks pretty skinny, and we can get to some of the weight stuff, because I started researching it after the fact. 190 seems unrealistic for him, He doesn't look, begin with. Right. He's tall, and just, maybe he's... I could see him being 190 when he's 30 years old, but at age 18... To be six one one ninety, you'd have to be pretty cut at that point. But there are other people that at one ninety, it could be impossible, impossible for him to like even lose. No, not impossible, but you know what I mean. Like somebody's frame at one ninety, they'd never be able to lose any weight. Let's get the flat. So this is a flawed rewatchables, mm-hmm. and we all really like this movie. And people listening are probably like, "Well, why is this a flawed rewatchable? What or the- why is it a rewatchable? Well, it's a rewatchable because it's the greatest wrestling movie ever made and an iconic <laughs> mid eighties movie." <laughs> The flaw Mm. is he basically tries to commit sexual assault of Carla and it's glossed over. He's so sexually frustrated and he's mad that he thinks she might be dating his teacher or getting involved with her or whatever. And he just kind of snaps and throws her on the bed and commits a sexual assault briefly Uh and she knees him in the balls and gets away. And then it's like, oh, cool. Sorry about that. And it moves on. And it's. Even in the mid-80s, it didn't really sit right. It was a pretty strange scene. Yeah. And I think they were, it's such an easy edit. I'm amazed they didn't film different versions of it. So I think part of it is that you're just supposed to think that this is a kid who's just like completely consumed by his hormones, right? Right. Because he's constantly talking about his like, his like, you know, his constant erections and female anatomy and all this stuff. So while I'm not trying to excuse it at all. And like the way that they shoot that scene, Fiorentino's character, she's like, don't ever fucking do that again. You know, like she's she's pretty pretty fierce about it. They could have scaled it back. It's Definitely. pretty rough yeah. to watch though. Yeah. Um it was weird. Um because it caught I had never seen it. And it's there's certain things that just happen a little too fast. It where you go, well, we need like a sit moment beat or a lesson here, and she's over it immediately. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. it's not great. So that's the flaw. Uh, the movie had a two point five million dollar budget. It made thirteen million. Roger Ebert, three and a half stars he out of four. It. I watched the Cisco Ebert with it. Yeah, what did he say about it? He, he was just it. pretty fired up. He's like, it's such like a, a you know like a realistic depiction of small town life and stuff. It was, it was pretty. He was pretty into it. He was also a big sports movie yeah. guy. He loved the sports movies. We'll do the categories because there's a lot. Can, can we talk just briefly yeah. about the pedigree of the people making this movie, which is really strange because when you watch it. You're like, this is, this would be like an ESPN Ocho movie of the week, kind of. Like, it's just like, oh, yeah, wrestling movie kid. It's Harold Becker who goes on, you know, he made Taps and he would go on to make Malice in City Hall. And Taps was a really respected yeah. movie that broke a lot of young actors, Tim Hutton, Sean Penn, right. Tom Cruise. Cruise. So he his stock was pretty high. At that and point. then Daryl Ponsikin, who wrote the screenplay, is the guy who wrote the novel that The Last Detail is based on. And it was produced by uh, John Peters and Peter Goober, who were mm. essentially, the, aside from Bruckheimer and Simpson, the biggest producers of the 80s and early 90s. They did Rain Man, Batman. like So this was like this weirdly heavy hitter movie, even though it seems like this sort of like forgotten cult classic. And another movie that's in the same, I think it's even the same year, American Flyers with mm-hmm. Costner, which is an incredible cycling movie. Um, same kind of thing. Really well done. The kind of movie that it, it had taken the idea of a sports movie and brought it up a notch and was just elaborate, you know, and well acted and had characters and things like that. Um, we're going to take a break, then we'll do the categories. Hey, whether you're watching a new movie or rewatching an old movie, the sound quality can make or break your viewing experience. The Jaws suspenseful theme song is way more impactful when it's actually surrounding you with Sonos. You can bring clear, detailed sound that fills the room at any volume. Every Sonos speaker is designed from the inside out for incredibly detailed sound, deep bass. They're fine-tuned by Oscar and Grammy-winning producers, mixers, and artists. TruePlay technology puts the speaker tuning capability of the recording pros in the palm of your hands, optimizes the sound for the unique acoustics of any room, I have a lot of Sonos stuff. Getting started is uh, could not be easier. You just plug stuff in, hook it up to your Wi-Fi. Couldn't be easier just to actually follow the instructions and go. My favorite one is the big egg. God, I can't remember what the egg's called. What's Ooh. the move? I love the move. I watch basketball muted, and then I listen to stuff on the move. A little, a little multitasking. Go to Sonos.com to learn more. S-O-N-O-S.com. Back to the pod. Most rewatchable scene. I have a few. I think one of the keys to this movie is it's got really distinct rewatchable scenes. We mentioned loud and dropping a 178 beating Cooch. Yeah. And then it immediately kicking into Journeys Only the Young, which was a good Journey song. Yeah. I I don't think it's a top five Journey song, but it's in the discussion for, you know, if you're going to do your top 10. It's just good. It's a nice little kick in. The next one would be... uh, I just think shoot carrying the log <laughs> up the steps. Them going to you see just like him. You like to rewind that? Watch no, it like again. they're going to see him like he's Bigfoot or yeah. something. Yeah. They're like, oh, I heard they have no idea. And like, hey, we're shoot. Oh, he's outside climbing the stairs of the log. Oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> let's go. We'll also, see. it was cold apparently that day, and they put glycerin on his face to make it look like sweat. Oh, really? Yeah, it was shoot, not sunny out. Shoot plays for he Hot. wrestles for Thompson. Is that his high school? No, no they're Thompson. Loudon's Thompson. Well, Loudon Thompson shoots for Columbia then? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait a minute. Columbia or was, was the Columbia, purple one. Yeah, the purple one. Yeah, Columbia's I the purple remember. one. Well, in any case, shoot looks like he is practicing inside the Rose Bowl. So I would be curious to know what their football program is like. Yeah, what's the college football stadium situation in Spokane? Um, well, it, 
Wait a minute, Washington, Seattle, and then Washington State's the Palouse. So I don't because that know. looked like a fifty thousand foot <laughs> yeah. stadium. And the log, I don't know, man. I don't even Larry Bird wasn't doing that in the. It 80s. was hollowed out. <laughs> <laughs> I did a lot of Frank. I did a lot of Frank Jasper. Okay, research. okay, I great. Shoot, uh, Loudon. Next rewatchable scene: Loudon goes to see shoot. And the crowd's chanting, shoot, shoot, shoot. And he pins the guy in 10 seconds and everybody's standing and it cuts back. And Loudon's just sitting in his seat like, oh my God, what the fuck just happened? He's Why also crushing tape. He's taking notes. Yeah. That's the best part. That's the sneaky like. <laughs> Loudon's sitting there. He's by himself and he's watching shoot. And then all of a sudden, a little microphone opens <laughs> up like he's Roger Sterling in Mad Men dictating his biography going... Okay, uh, shoot. <laughs> He's out there, and you're like, okay. A lot of low, low leverage lifting. I don't here. think he, honestly, here's, here's just a zag. I don't think that that guy, Loudon, would be able to afford a tape recorder at that point. We no, saw his truck. What if he borrowed it from the AV stole department it. at his library, though? I think he stole it. Probably stole it. Yeah, yeah. probably stole it. Carl, I think he would, Carl he would probably st- lifted it. He for would, him. That kid, Loudon, stole in junior high. I know we talked about it, but I'm just so impressed by what they did with shoot in this movie, where he's just mysterious. But he's not a villain. He's not the typical shitty 80s villain that is in all these movies. He's just, honestly, like, they present him like the shark in Jaws or something. He's just kind of circling around, and you're just gaining fear as you watch him. And his his high school band used to play played the Jaws theme. Did they? Yeah, yeah. there's a little Jaws theme in there as he stalks yeah, the true. ring. <laughs> and, and so Frank Jasper, who was the character. Yeah. Half-assed, save it for half-assed. I keep forgetting the categories. Yeah. I think Bill does too. I listened to the, the Sundance no, one. Just- <laughs> I felt so much better after listening to the Once Upon a Time in Hollywood rewatchable from Sundance where both Sean and Chris were like, no, what are you They're doing? correcting me. Yeah. yeah. And I go, oh, okay. So nobody knows what that? we're that doing. That was the altitude though. Yeah. <laughs> Next rewatchable scene, loud and climbing the wall with John Waits change kicking yeah. in. That whole thing, the coach is like, this is done. 160, it's over. And he comes back out. Otto, the big guy, is like, you think you're better than us, does that whole thing. And Eagle trip, man, that's your problem. You're not a team player, and you never was. I get a bulletin for you, Otto. Wrestling is not a team sport. When you're out there on the mat with another guy who's quicker and faster than you, there's not a whole hell of a lot of teams to do for you. Glad it, and all of a sudden the song kicks in, and he's climbing the wall. What is Otto yelling at him? Isn't he like, I can't do that? Right, yeah, no, <laughs> he wins over Otto immediately. Yeah. I've, I've thought now that there should be this pegboard installed here at the ringer. So like if, if in somebody, the, in yeah, the courtyard, yeah. so yeah. like if Chris Ryan comes up and he goes, you know, good job with the podcast, everything. And Chris is like, well, I'd like to, could we reach out to like Michelle Obama? Could we yeah. get her on? And then Bill goes, Hey, look, Chris, like congrats <laughs> on everything in your life to this point. But like, let's be real here. If anybody's getting Michelle Obama, it's going to be your boy, Billy Simmons. And then Chris <laughs> runs out of the courtyard here at Gower studios and there's a pegboard and he goes all the <laughs> way up it and he gets to the top. Michelle! And, then, and, then, and then He drops down and then Bill goes, Looks like you got yourself an A-list You guest. got the first lady. That, that's basically what the board represents is that whatever you think is impossible, if you can climb yeah. up this pegboard, then everybody immediately has that's to right. have your back, even if they've been shitting on you for two hours in a movie. F- Fantasy's yelling at you that you think you're bigger than the ringer. <laughs> and then it's like, I can't do that. Podcasting not- is an individual sport. <laughs> it's not about you, Chris. It's about the pod. And then he turns down to, to Fantasy. He's like, it's bigger than that, man. <laughs> about a vision quest. All right, so we'll get Michelle Obama. Okay. Next one, um, Loudon loses by medical default to Lewis Smith. So pissed off. 
Um, they got really creative with the white names here. I not like so much of the black. The bloody nose. Yeah, but the black names like Lewis Smith. Yeah, Loudon shoot the half Native American kid. Yeah, and then Cooch. it's like, oh, Lewis Smith. Lewis Smith. <laughs> <laughs> can ran out of names. <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't think they should have stopped it. I didn't agree with it. It also cost Early him the stoppage. match. There's also a way out of sequence where he's wrestling at 178. But by this point, but it's the he last is now match, which fainted. He's Basically bleeding constantly. Constantly yeah. bleeding. So and he has uh, constant erections. Yeah. And he's falling apart. Right. And and one thing that's really interesting is there's so much of an emphasis put on weight loss in this movie that you never really see much technique work. Like I know he does some wrestling yeah. practice stuff, but you're just kind of like never clear how good Loudon is at wrestling. All I know is he's good at losing weight. Now I thought the wrestling part of this was really good. Like, clearly, Modine's an athlete. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they showed him with his professor there, and they were just touching a basketball. Like, the first thing you can just tell immediately the way a guy touches a basketball. And you're like, oh, okay, Modine's, like, played a little bit. Like Bachelor Pete right. the other day. Right. His, his lat pull-down form is the worst fucking form <laughs> in the history of lat pull-downs. Okay? It's so incredibly bad. It was as if the contest was... Who here on set wants to do this thing where it looks like you're the least familiar with this exercise? And Modine's like, I got it. And he starts just, he doesn't have enough weight on it. And instead of like pulling it down to one place where you're supposed to bring it in front of your chest, he's swinging it down so that the, the, the weight actually smashes the top of the rack. And then he drops it. And then he keeps repeating it. And it reminds me of like, I remember one time my dad, who I love, <laughs> You know, he's a big guy, and he didn't have enough weight on the lat pull-down thing, so he started just, like, (laughs) ripping it. And some lady was like, I don't think you're doing that right to him. And my dad was like, it's not enough weight. And I go, Dad, you like, you don't know what you know. You're just going to relax on this thing. And, yeah, what Modine does there, set back lat pull-downs for a decade. We've done so many rewatchables podcasts. Quentin Tarantino has been in a room with us, and I've never seen Craig this happy. (laughs) Lat (laughs) pull-downs. Yes. It's that bad. Like I'm not overstating this. Like you're gonna if you haven't seen the movie, yeah. you you're gonna see that scene and go, wow. Yeah, yeah. It's tough. They could have fixed it. And yeah. I've never understood. I've never understood like weightlifting in movies, TV shows, where like if it's like a jail scene and it's a gang. Yeah. And it's like okay, let's look heavy hitters, thug life across the abs. <laughs> you know, cigarette in the ear, and the guy's repping out like. 95 pounds on the fucking incline and I'm supposed to be afraid of these guys? Well, I feel like limited I, access to, to, to weight, right? No, but you, you just put more weight on the bar or like the guy who's like in the garage and he's about to become a killer and you're like, all right, this guy's really deranged and he's got like sand-filled plastic weight things from Sears and, he, and he's repping out like 80 and I'm like what well hey get back to me in a couple months and then I'll be more intimidated by this character Hollywood has forever fucked up weightlifting not like I'm some genius about it but just big have a guy come by and be like this looks so stupid well, it sounds like so. I always wanted to be the sports movie consultant. That's for what games I've been asking for. Right? You want to be the weight training yeah. consultant. You want to be the movies. guy in all prison movies who's like, hey, yeah. <laughs> it'd be the easiest job. He'd be like, okay, what do you guys have here? And be like, uh, we've got a couple twenties and they're pink. <laughs> <laughs> like, can we get some forties and make them black? All right, my job's done. Next rewatchable scene: Elmo's big speech. Oh God, the Pele story. The Pele story. Tears to my eyes. You know, it's not that big a deal, Elmo. I mean, it's six lousy minutes on the mat, if that. Ever hear of Pele? Yeah, he's a uh, soccer player. 
very famous soccer player. There's a room here one day. I'm watching a Mexican channel on TV. I don't know nothing about Pele. I'm watching what this guy can do with a, a ball on his feet. Next thing I know, he jumps up in the air and flips into a somersault and uh, kicks the ball in upside down and backwards. And the goddamn goalie never knew what the fuck hit him. And Pele gets excited and he rips off his jersey and starts running around the stadium, waving it around over his head. Everybody's screaming in Spanish. I'm here sitting alone in my room. I start crying. Yeah, that's right, I start crying. Because another human being, a species which I happen to belong to, would kick a ball, lift himself. The rest of us sat as human beings up to a better place to be, if only for a minute. Let me tell you, kid, it was pretty goddamn glorious. Eight to six minutes. That's what happens in that six minutes. I used to, when I, on my old site, even before I got to ESPN, when I think like the fifth movie, the fifth column I ever wrote was the 30 best sports movies of all time. And one of the key things I had for the sports movie is the chill scene. And it was like, if you want to be like in the highest level of sports movies, there has to be a chill scene. Mm-hmm. There has to be the, you know, Rocky running the steps. You have to have in this movie, Elmo's big speech or whatever. And if you don't have the chill scene in the movie, it just feels like something's missing. Rosie Perez on Jeopardy, you know? <laughs> Rosie Perez. Um, this movie has a couple of chill scenes, but this speech, you just, by the end of it, you're like, oh man, I can't, now I'm really ready yeah. for the match. I, it's, it's done as well as it can be done. It's also kind of like, it's awesome because it just harkens back to a different era of sports on television or sports in people's lives where that was probably like wide, wide world of sports or the, yeah. the World Cup and he was watching it on a shitty like black and white TV and like, you know, like your access to like global sports like that was pretty limited. And to, to have him articulate it in that particular way is like actually like a very perfect articulation of like what makes sports great. It's not the six minutes. No. It's what happens in the six minutes. Which is one of the most dramatic lines in movies. Yeah. Like if you think of all the different yeah. like, you know, sometimes I just miss my friend. Yeah. Or, or like, MacGruber, you've been shot. Right. You know, some of the really all-timer lines. <laughs> MacGruber? MacGruber. <laughs> uh, I... The the scene is so good that it almost doesn't fit in the rest of the yeah, movie. Right, right. And the setting of it is perfect. Like here's this guy who's the who's, who's the chef at the hotel. You know, it's a it's a dumpier hotel, I imagine. You know, and he's he's always firing a dart in the back, and they arm wrestle, and there's this awesome like it's a really good bonding thing. It's more of a character as a father than his actual father in the movie. And then you roll, and he still has toilet paper stuck to his face where he cut himself shaving. He's got this beat to hell white button down. You know it's the only one he owns, probably the only tie he owns. There's a couple empty Bud Heavy cans Mm -hmm. hanging out of the back. And then I can't tell if that's some sort of tonic or an empty bottle of whiskey. Or like like an aftershave or something. Yeah, is it aftershave or bourbon? There's barely any lights on (laughs) because electricity has probably been shut off. Everywhere. And this J.C. Quinn guy's like, Elmo, right? Yeah. He goes, I called in sick to come watch you wrestle because of the six-minute thing. And it— it's a great. It's a, also a great detail because like, scene in the movie because Loudon would know 
if you call in sick, you that's like twenty five percent of your paycheck. Like that that's right. like you're not you're well, he not says it right yeah. because you're gonna get docked yeah. if they find out you're not. Well, sick. it's also it's the end of this like this first era of sports movies. A lot of them had the speech, and in ways that they actually would would get awkward where they're trying to work in the speech. Yeah. But you know, it's longest yard, first one ever. And he pulls everyone. It's fourth down. It's the last play. And Reynolds r- runs back to the sidelines. And they're like, where's he going? And they all huddle around him. And he does that speech. He's like, we've come too far to stop now. For Granny, for Nate, for Caretaker. Let's do it. And then every movie after that was trying to recreate that speech. Yeah. And Rocky had it. And all the way through. This is probably the best. For, like, Victory has the Pele where they're about to escape, and he's like, Hutch, please, you know how much this game means to us. <laughs> but then everybody started play. Everybody started doing it in non-sports movies. Like, then it became this chill, like, in 80s movies, where no it was question. the nerd, like, Revenge of the Nerds, yeah. you know? Like, all oh, of these yeah, movies right. yeah. were having this moment where it was, okay, we did our montage, we did the bad guy, we did the, the smoke show 80s blonde that everybody's trying to get after, and then it's like, okay, but where are we 20 minutes to the end of the movie where and everybody resets it. Right. The hardest I think thing about this is the best—it's the best version of this. And the I hardest think. thing about these speeches is to actually write those speeches in character. Because yeah. a lot of the times you'll have somebody who's like not particularly articulate or is really complicated or whatever, and then all of a sudden he turns into Robert Frost. Like that happens. I always thought that happened a little bit, even though it's like completely gripping. The Billy Bob Thornton speech in the movie version of Friday Night Lights, where all of a sudden he's just like, like put this person in your heart. You're about to live forever. All this stuff. And you're just like, this guy didn't say shit like this throughout the entire movie. True. But this is like, feels pretty accurate to what Elmo would be able to muster. And this weird story seemed, about Pele. It's so good. It's like, if you were to say, okay, and then we're going to have this emotional scene where this movie's, it goes in so many different directions. Sometimes it goes too fast. Sometimes it doesn't really explain anything. You mentioned the scene with Carla. He also sniffs her panties and that's like oh, out yeah. of nowhere. About that. And you're like, Carla's really forgiving. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, I I can't, you're right, Chris. I can't imagine outlining it being like, all right, we're going to have the shorter cook here. He's going to do this Pele thing and teach some life lesson and it's all going to hit. Yeah. It's going to make sense. And I mean, you're, you're actually going to be inspired. <laughs> you know what that's like. But like the way back, the Ben Affleck movie, what is the, pro- the promo for that right now is kind of their chill moment. And that's what we're hearing. And that so far from the promo of it, I'm like, oh, that's really good. Yeah, ben Affleck's good. like, hey, they're going to be better than you. They probably have a better coach, but they haven't been through the shit we've been through. That's why and I'm that's, excited to see that movie. I can't wait to see what? that movie. Yeah. I like sports movies and I like when they have these moments like that. And so with, can we do a quick, quick way back digression? What, sure. What, because he's supposed to have turned down a full ride to Kansas, that guy in the trailer. Well, you know, it's originally called The Has Been. Right. So is he supposed to be Heinrich? Like how old? How, what class would he have been with? Like Paul Pierce at oh, Kansas? Oh, you're trying to figure out uh, if he played with Rafe LaFrance? Right after, <laughs> I think it's right before Paul Pierce. Okay. It's like mid-90s. Po- so post-Danny Manning, pre-Paul yeah, Pierce. Like kind of yeah. that. Okay. Yeah. It's when things fell apart a little bit. The, uh, the speech, people keep trying and trying to top Elmo for years. And then finally Pacino does it in any given Sunday. And that's the best version of the speech. And he really earns it because his character, that whole movie – caring about the big picture yeah. and football and people and then it all pays off in that but and I think this is one of the great speeches Modine is in any given Sunday this is on the Mount Rushmore for me for sports movie speeches yeah that Pacino uh, Burt Reynolds in Longest Yard and I don't know what the fourth one is I'd have to think about it but uh, next rewatchable scene Carla showing up in the locker room after she's disappeared they had sex then she decides you know what'll be cool 
if I leave two days before the big match. That's not going to fuck Loudon up at all. He'll be fine. Well, she takes off. I got a paragraph in my Yeah, we can do that this. later. Yeah. Uh, she comes back. You, you didn't even say goodbye. Look, if I hadn't left like I did, you wouldn't even be here. You were ready to forget the whole thing. What do you want me to say? Thank you? I don't want you to say anything, Loudon. I just think people ought to do what they set out to do. And she's like, sorry, and leaves. But then the lunatic fringe starts, mm-hmm. and she comes back. Hey, louder, and kick his ass. Hey, loud, kick his ass. And then he goes through jump rope. That whole expertly executed for 80s movie standard. I really enjoyed yeah. it. Uh, the big final match is great. It's awesome. There's some scoring issues that we'll go into. Great chill scene at the end. Uh, for me, most rewatchable scene is the Elmo speech. Yeah, me too. I uh, I'm also partial to change with John Waite in the in the pegs. the pegs. That that would be like I mean two really iconic eighty scenes. I I I'm just gonna switch it up a little on the on some of the scenes. Yeah, because his constant like every now and then when you think you have Modine figured out in this, you're like, what? Like what are you doing? Right. <laughs> you know. And when they went on the drive to the oh, yeah. grandfather's and house, squeeze when, the- when he's like, "Look, you need to so- see his grandfather." And apparently, his grandfather lives in fucking Mexico <laughs> because <laughs> they were like, "Where does he live?" Oh, he's like, "Oh, he's got a cabin in the woods." They head out in his truck. <laughs> yeah. They got to sleep in the woods. They're in and Canada. Yeah, they, they had like a camp out. Do you think that yeah. truck just tops out at thirty-one miles per hour? <laughs> like, what? <are> you- <laughs> That's a really, really good point. And then when he just he starts like dropping and. He's like, hey, you know, I get a ton of wet dreams. You know, there's a nice thing about working out all the time. You have a lot of nocturnal emissions. What, you mean like wet dreams? It's a great way to wake up. <laughs> if you did just a list of the seven weirdest things he <laughs> yeah, did. Yeah, he'd be in prison. You'd go, I'd hate this guy. It's right. like the prequel to Joker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Line of the pod right there. <laughs> What's age the best? I like I like Cooch saying you're on a vision quest, man. You're trying to find your place in the circle. I don't know what that means, but as as people who listen to this podcast know, I love when they weave the title into dialogue. What am I reading? I'm doing. You're on a vision quest, man. You're trying to find your place in the circle. <laughs> the title of the movie when it's it was a snuck rule. In, you're on a vision quest, no, man. Growing up back right. then, you yeah. had to say the title. It's like when Red turns to Andy's like, it's the Shawshank Redemption. <laughs> 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 the heat around the corner. We've That's had a right. lot of good ones. Right. Uh, another what's age the best. Early Madonna, the fact that she's in this movie, and I, we didn't do enough of the backstory of this, where they the producers are like, This this lady's gonna be a big star. We gotta work her in. They filmed this thing with her. She becomes a huge star. And then by the time this movie came out, they're marketing Madonna almost more than the wrestling right. Matthew Modine thing. And it's, it's like, like, we've hit the lottery. We, we It would be the equivalent of like having Billie Eilish in a movie right now multiplied by a hundred if she but was But it would older. be if, I mean, I guess you could say that that is the case with the Bond movie that Billie Eilish just wrote the song for. But the video for this, and this was a huge song, right. is just Vision Quest footage. Right. It's just them slow dancing and him training. And you're just like, that was on like 18 times a day yeah, on MTV. It was on like all it was the like time. it was crazy. I think people probably know this movie way more as the music video for Crazy for You than than the movie itself. And unfortunately, I felt like it overshadowed Gambler a little bit. Cause I'm a gambler. <laughs> yeah, Gambler didn't didn't really break through <laughs> the way. And I just, you know, <laughs> I would think Madonna in 85, but again, if it was filmed in 83, like that place is busier. 
Modine's a high school kid and he rolls right into this Yeah, place. they're not checking IDs or yeah. is it 18? I, well, the, the drinking age, I have to imagine, because I think Vermont was like the last holdout and then the federal government. Do you want to do this now? Because I had this for picking nits. Well, it sounds like you want to do it now. Yeah. I, I think we should just get it over with. Hot route. She's in Spokane. Yeah. But she's this talented, obviously talented pop singer. The most overqualified for that bar probably you could possibly get. She's rattling off crazy for you and Gambler. We're in the middle of fucking nowhere in Washington. Just guys like probably like the life or alcoholics. And then people are just eating ribs. And, and she's playing like a girl really she, glistening pop music. Yeah, like she yeah. should be in Hollywood. She should be in like the Viper Room or well, it's wherever. Just, I don't, Madonna I don't, or Carla? Madonna. Madonna. Because he's or like Carla. <laughs> or, yeah, Carla. Like, well, that too. But yeah, the Madonna thing is weird because you'd think that that bar would be just like almonds all the time. It's just playing. I would just Brothers. think there would be. I don't know, football games on the TV and there's no music at all, right? Just yeah, like some kinda, Seattle Supersonics yeah, basketball right, game or right. shit like that. X-Man's playing. Like, yeah. why do they even have live music? It's a fucking sports bar. Yeah, it feels like like when Stefani at the Northside Tavern outside of Buckhead. Yeah. There That's, you go. Uh, can I pick a, are we doing nitpicks or not? No, we're not there. Okay. Damn it. Um, so many. The soundtrack. Yeah. We have Journey, we have Madonna, we have John Waite. Ario Speedwagon. We have Foreigner, Sammy Hagar, Quarter Flash, Heart of My Heart's in the background. Ario Speedwagon, Red Rider with Lunatic Fringe, Style Council, and Berlin, No More Words. Berlin, No More Words, also in the Karate Kid. And then Tangerine Dream did the score. Tangerine did. Right. It's, it's really a great soundtrack. I, I was actually looking at, looking at it on Spotify thinking that's probably has the highest batting average of any mid eighties soundtrack I would guess. Right. By the way, overseas, like this was good songs. This yeah. movie was called the crazy for you movie. Oh, oh was it? Capitalize yeah. on Madonna. Yeah. Uh, no, more, another what's age the best really good jogging scenes. I like sure. the wide shot of the Spokane side, the, the skyline and the mountains and the bridge. That and bridge is in it a lot. Great bridge. Yeah. yeah. They really beat the bridge in the ground. And then, uh, the cast, just a lot of, not only the people we've mentioned, but Daphne Zuniga's in it. She's greatness. Coming off of Sure Thing and then uh, heading toward Joe as Melrose Place, which I know you probably had some thoughts on. No? I love seeing her. Yeah. I just, she was so supportive I and mean, she's in it early. And I'm like, all right, she's Joe. So ex- she's so expressive. She's yeah. the one. She's like, I'm should, in love with you. She's the one he should have dated. She's well, kind of like Vision Quest's v- booth. Vision mm. Quest 2, I good feel pop, like he pop. winds up with Marge. Mm. Vision Quest 2. That's, he's just in jail. <laughs> <laughs> Forrest Whitaker. He's dead from no Forrest Whitaker's in this? And, yeah. And no usage rate at all? Low. Real usage. See, that's aged the that's best. Like two lines. He's like no, Giannis just, at the end of the All-Star just, game. Just this cast. Oh, yeah. Harold Sylvester, who we're going to cover in a second. Cooch, who is the, the hunk from 16 Candles, who is- Jake. Yeah. In my, on my wife's Mount Rushmore. And How's he does not understand. Now? So he was a former model, became an actor, and was out of the business by the late 80s. And that was it. And then Ronnie Cox. Beverly Hills Cop. One of the great 80s IMDb runs. Yeah. Beverly Hills Cop, Total Recall. Yeah. Whole bunch of them. And then uh, that's all I have. Do you have any other what's age the Really best? love like just the 80s uh, locales. So the supermarket where they go shopping and he gets mm. all the Tide boxes falling on him. Really good looking high school. Like very accurate 80s high school, I thought. Yeah. I do have a question about whether, did you guys have a high school radio station that made uh 
pretty gossipy announcements during lunch. <laughs> now that that's an eighties movies device that it. does not exist in real life. But it's like, hey, Bill Simmons is thinking about writing a column for the school paper. We'll have to see how that pans out. Here's Sammy Hagar. It's like, what the fuck is going on? Rosilla, yeah, Rosillo asked out Darcy on a Thursday. That went poorly. Rosilla's a loaded lunch again. Yeah. Hey, what's up? Hanging out with your friends? Tell us about that salad bar, bro. You know, 90210 had that too when they were in high school where Don and David had the morning yeah. radio show that was just <laughs> As I people are walking to class, yeah. it's like, what is this? It's underutilized. Seven it's like, show? Do the Right Thing has it. Reservoir Dogs kind of has it, although they're not talking about what's happening in the movie, obviously. But the Warriors is, had it. It's really good to just be like, hey, word on the streets that yeah. Ryan Rosillo and Bill Simmons are going to Sweetgreen. What, yeah. uh, what, 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 uh, the Warriors well, had the best version. There's of another one, though. The Warriors one actually works and like seems important to the storyline. It's not Gleaming the Cube. Looks it's, like a baseball oh, pump up the, the volume. Yeah. Like, just, yeah. Just... Pirate radio. Yeah. Do you want to be on that one? Should we pump pivot? The volume? Should we pivot? We're doing to, that this year. We should pivot to pirate radio. I'd rather hold out for gleaming the cube. We're doing pump of the vine because it invented podcasting. Wow. Maybe. Yeah. No. No. Yeah. It did. No. I'm not disputing. Hard, I'm talking about Hard my Harry schedule. is the first podcaster. <laughs> I think I'm going to wait until we. Hard do Harry fear. should be getting royalties from the ringer. Don't give it all. Away. I don't know why I've said yes to this many without doing fear, but that's another topic. Well, <laughs> I have a surprise for you. Surprise announcement on camera. This is an eight-episode flawed rewatchables. With? Fear is going to be one of the eight. <laughs> Why is it in the flawed? Because <laughs> it's totally flawed. What are you talking about? What? Just like random, just off-the-grid one-percenters hanging out with high school people? <laughs> They're like, hey, what do you want to do? Go to the mall? Let's go to that meth house with those 30-year-olds. Yeah. Uh, no, that's better. What's age the worst? We mentioned uh, the Loud and Carla in the basement. It was horrible. There's some weird gay undertones with this that I don't. You want to talk know. about the Tai Chi guy? I don't know how much of it is mid eighties. Four, four, five. It was just a theme of a lot of eighties movies, or it's the second straight eighties movie to do we've more. done that essentially opens with like a, a, a homophobic scene. Yeah, yeah. There's like some gay panic stuff, but I don't know whether that's trying to tie into he's just a teenager, right? Hormones raging, just trying to figure out life. But if you Google, there's some pieces written about it where. People feel like there's a lot of underlying stuff. We don't need to go into that. Casting what ifs. Um, I couldn't find any. Who would you put? Do you have any? You know, I had Michael J. Fox as as the main, yeah, as the main. A wrestler. shoot, to, a shoot. <laughs> <laughs> Teeny others as Carla. Don't call him chicken. <clears throat> a recasting couch. I actually liked all the actors. Yes, yeah. I wouldn't. I wouldn't change any. We have some. Uh, Cruz would have been an interesting Loudon. I don't think he pulls off the horny part well, he's enough. Fourth, he's 5'3", too, right? I, I just think, like, Carla's character, even though I ended up liking her, you can almost see her improvement from the beginning of when she first comes onto the screen to the end. Because in the As beginning— As an actress. Yeah, like, her, and it's it's her first movie, so it's not to be critical of her, but it's if it's a real movie and it's getting made, right out of the jump, you're like, okay, we get it. You're a little rough around the edges. Jesus. You know, she's like, where are you from? You're like, I'm Trenton. And you're like, okay, Trenton, good pick there. Rough, you know, she's rough. And she was from Philly anyway, so that's kind of close to Trenton. And then I don't know what happens. I don't know what happens, like, in the course of however it was, 10, 13 weeks to shoot this. Towards the end, it's, it's like, more believable. So whatever whatever she was going there to be rough, it was like she oversold it so much that you kind of, like, at yeah. home, you're like, oh, all right, this is, this is a little weird. And then I looked it up, like, oh, that's her first movie ever. And by the time the movie's over, she's just a more believable character in every single way. Yeah. I uh, 
I was going to put this later, but I'll just do it now. They should have just had Madonna and Carlo be the same character. So she's a they pop said she's singer. A singer. Who's in she's town. moving to San Francisco to become a singer. No, and her car breaks down. She's moving to become an and artist. If she's if she's singing in the Madonna scenes and he's watching her sing, that pushes like his love for her to another level. We never see her sing once. She's this alleged Carla. Carla. She's, she's a, a painter. painter. I thought she was a singer. No, she wants to be a painter. She's When's the last time you watched this? <laughs> I thought she wanted to be a she singer. She drew the painting. She drew like, a I'm going to San Francisco to become a painter. And yeah. he's like, what kind of painter? She's like, canvas paint. Yeah. Well, I knew that too, but I thought she also sang. No. no Did right. she say at the beginning she was a singer? No. Yeah, scrap it. Sorry. Was that in like a director's cut on Amazon? Is that like the town where they go to <laughs> the Could you club? merge those two characters though? Yeah. Yeah, sure. I actually think that's like an incredible... That's like a two for she one trip. Also painted. If Budget. she's the pop singer, why? So she, she's like staying with Loudon's dad because her van broke down on tour. Is that what you're saying? Or she just wants to get singing. Gigs. Can we break down what that scene is really quickly? Like, so he shows it's up. Not a great scene. Garage. A car salesman who Ronnie Cox is working for yes. tries to sell Carla a lemon or has sold Carla a lemon. Has sold, sold her a lemon. And, and the she mechanic, was mad. Ronnie Cox, is like, it's a piece of shit. And so she punches the salesman. No, and he's he like, punches. I think he punches the Because remember, he has right. like his bandage on his and hand. And then he's like, you're fired from my car lot. Okay, I got it now. Yeah. That um, is not easy to break. I was like, what the hell's yeah, going on? Yeah, I had to rewind that one. They give you two things where he's supposedly hit the guy because his boss sold a lemon to this girl from Trenton, Carla, who's like full tank top, obviously cold. And it's like, we're just going to show you sex immediately with this yeah, character. Yes. And now they're going to be like horny Modine's like, hey, dad, can we keep her? Yeah. <laughs> Modine needs to be like hit with a it whip. Puts the lotion in the basket. <laughs> he needs to be tased. No. Uh, best that guy, we're a.k.a. the Joey Pants. <laughs> Best that guy, a.k.a. the Joey Pants Award. Harold Sylvester. Yes. Tanneran. Incredible uh, IMDb run. He was uh, DC Dacey in Fast Break, my favorite movie of all time. He was the NBA star in Inside Moves, a movie neither of you have seen. No. He plays for the Golden State Warriors. Oh. I'm going to force you guys to watch this movie. Sure. It's, it's 1980. It's great. But he's on the Golden State Warriors, the bartender who's at this bar of cripples and he hurt his knee. The cripples get all this money together to get this guy an NBA tryout. He ends up making the Warriors and there's all these scenes with him on the Warriors, hmm. like with Robert Parrish and Purvis Short and all these. It's fucking out of control. He's a big, uh, Harold Sylvester, big Hill Street Blues guy too, right? Yeah, and he was yeah. officer and a gentleman too. He yeah. was the guy that Richard Gere steals this thing. So he was kind of, I would say the Omar Epps of this generation where it was just like, we need a black guy. Every movie has sure. one black guy in it. They're like, ah, Harold Sylvester, let's grab him again. Right. And when he's playing basketball early, and you can tell he played, he so I imagine the scenes with the Warriors are good enough. Like, he, they're passable. Well, you've seen Fast Break, right? No. Oh you God. look shocked right now. Really? Yeah. Oh, man. Sorry. Your eyes it's just It's the got most wet. politically incorrect sports movie ever made. And this was the case 20 years ago. And but now had, it's like out of control. But <laughs> it's now Gabe, it's out of control. Gabe Kaplan, Bernard King. Yeah, I don't think I've seen it. Oh, man. Is the poster right there? Yeah. yeah. What year is it, 80? 79. Yeah, so I'm four. So, you know, there's certain things that happen where you miss it. Yeah. Like, I, that Gabe doesn't- Gabe Kaplan gets this job in Las Vegas. This so doesn't happen a lot, a right? Yeah. But he you're- small, oh, go, I'm just going to shut up. <laughs> small basketball job in Vegas. He's in New York. He wants to turn the program immediately, and he just builds around all these people who shouldn't be in college. I promise you'll like it. 
I promise me I'll watch it this week. This week? <laughs> this week. Right now. Right when we leave. Let's let's pause the podcast. I'll watch it now. <laughs> Hold on. We're so going to watch Fast Break. We'll be back. The Vincent Hanna They Knew Award. For overacting? Yeah. I got Zaniga here. Oh. Yeah. I had Cooch's abusive dad. I really oh, thought. Oh, yeah. That's the, the, I think the, that's manager, the manager for Major, for Major League. League. Yeah, Lou yeah Brown, he yeah. really dials it up. Yeah. What's the matter with you, kid? You ain't got the balls to fight an old man. You ain't got the balls to fight an old man. You're just like a goddamn monster. You goddamn punk. Just slaps the hell out of it's him. Just, I was just like, what is that scene, bad. too? It's like, he honestly slaps the Native American out of him. <laughs> yeah. After that scene, Cooch is like, like not this yeah. whole Indian thing I'm doing, fake. Like, because he's running around with a mohawk. He's got the Indian yeah. motorcycle. Yeah. He's got the vest. Like, he's he's a man. You're on a vision the quest. everywhere spirit. And he's like, actually, yeah. I'm German. That guy really dials it up. So one of those two. The Deanne Waiters Award, Elmo the Chef. What about what about the Tai Chi guy, no? I'm going with Elmo the Chef. <laughs> okay. The he tai- has a pretty big scene. I have the Tai Chi guy coming up later okay. in a segment that's going to blow your mind. Okay, I'm just I'm going to I'm just going to add this to you. The wrestling coach, the head coach. Yeah, like that guy. To always be in that singlet. No matter all, what he's wearing. At all times. Yeah. Like, that's a bit of a Dion Waiters moment. Yeah. Where you go like, hey, you're going to run over here. Singlet or no singlet? Because I'll do it in the singlet. Be like, do it in the singlet. <laughs> I think <laughs> for, more time. Do you think, just constantly in it. And then I'll have like a button down underneath it. We should do it like a no jackass segment where I just wear a full Sixers uniform <laughs> over like jeans and a sweater every day at work and see... How long people, people get like, freaked out? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Just see All what right. Riley's face that? looks that like. That was that <laughs> Will Ferrell thing where he, when he played that character where yeah. it was that country guy and he was, <laughs> do you remember this? Was this not Ricky Bobby, right? No, was, no, no. This is when he was on SNL and I know we're derailed here a bit, but it's one of my favorite stories ever. And he did it with Conan and where he, he had this bit where he was like this country guy. It was like the guy that was in Smokey and the Bandit with the trucker hat and the vest. He'd be uh-huh. like, hey, hey, what's going on? And he's, the writers are like, hey, you got to wear that out at the after party. He was like, all right, cool. And then he's like, and then they were like, you should wear it all week. and Wear it to like the pitch meetings. And Farrell's like, all right, yeah, yeah, this, this is brilliant. Because <laughs> <laughs> so I was wearing it. And then the longer I wore it, people kept wanting me to wear it more and more. And he goes, and finally, like Alec Baldwin was there and had seen me. And he's like, what, what is this, your thing? Like, yeah, I, would, I would stop doing this. <laughs> He's like, and Farrell's going, I thought I was like this hero because I'd be doing errands in the middle of the day in New York City in this outfit still because the writers <laughs> would be like, yeah, yeah, keep doing it. It's great. Anyway, sorry. I just love that story. We going to edit that out? No. <laughs> no. Nothing gets edited. It. Including Bill thinking that Carla is a singer. That has to stay. Half-assed internet research. You mentioned they changed the title to Crazy for You in a couple countries. Here was what Modine said on Madonna a couple years ago. She looked like Boy George. The producers were saying this girl was going to be such a big star, but I remember people not really being impressed. Mo Dean. Ouch. Jesus. Um, shoot, 215-pound bodybuilder, dropped down to 189 in two and a half weeks before a scene were filmed. You have you want to do your shoot stuff now? Frank Jasper, yeah. So he was he was like a trainer, really smart guy, and he was up to like 225. So I know Craig was big on like the weight loss part of it. So he never got to 168. Mm-hmm. He's jacked. He's like 189. But then they'd have like a scene where they go, hey, we need you to come back. And he'd be like, dude, I'm back to 220. And then he had to like cut down again. So he had to cut down a couple different times. And the way he even got the role is he found out like there was this this movie being filmed close to where he was. 
And he was like, all right, maybe I can hang out, like be a stuntman or whatever. And somebody's like, well, he wrestles. So that's exactly what we need. And he's like, there was a couple of other people they wanted. He's like, then it came down to me and another guy. And they essentially had like this thing where there was the producers and directors. And they were like, read these lines. They're like, all right, now do a move against him. And now you do a move. And it was sort of a wrestle off. And he won. I mean, what better way to get a part where he wrestles, he wins, and then he wins the part. The sad thing is, is like he doesn't show a ton of range no. in the movie. No, yeah. No. So he moved he to LA. He doesn't get an Elmo moment. Right. Yeah. He moved to LA right after and was like, well. I, I think he's perfect acting wise for this part, but he's also, it's not a launching pad part. No, it's it's the kind of it's thing where if it, was your, if it was your buddy, you'd be like, I can't, holy shit. Like, this is yeah. amazing. Like, Frank got it. Now he's in this movie. But then you would all talk shit behind his back when he moved to LA to like become an actor. Right. Because you'd be like, well, come on. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> You'd be so jealous and enraged. How about this? You'd be happy when he came back and he failed two years later because you were like, boy, he didn't really do anything except look jacked. <laughs> the guy who played Cooch, Michael Schaffling, an accomplished collegiate wrestler, won a gold for the U.S. in freestyle wrestling as a member of the National Junior Wrestling Team in the European Championships in 1978. So he had to actually scale it back to get his ass kicked by Modine in the opening scene. He was like, he could have beaten Modine in five seconds. That's not. I mean, he's another PA guy. Uh, there's nothing on. It's Shoffling, you said. Yeah. There's nothing on him. Like, like I was looking to see how yeah, he. He's, there's not even like pictures of him. He's kind of disappeared. Guy. Yeah. yeah, he's 59 now, and there's. I can't find it's any out of the business like by 90, 91. Sounds like Apex a good podcast Mountain. Guy. Actually, I have one more piece of half-assed okay. internet research. Later, like about 25 years later, Modine gives an inter- interview to the Spokane newspaper. Mm. And he, uh, he tells this story, he goes, I was walking Venice Beach, California recently, and the driver of a car literally stepped out of his moving car and marched toward me saying, dude, dude, you have no idea. Vision Quest saved my life. His car smashed into a wall. He was so emotional. I gave him a hug. Forget about the car. Who cares, dude? You have no idea. And that guy was Bill Simmons. <laughs> it was. No, that's a story. I fixed the car. Yeah, right. What's your story with Modine? Like, did yeah, you ever the, know him? It seems like Modine should be like, Four or five time BS guest, talking Knicks, I, I'm talking full I metal. Think he got he got mad at me for something. He took something personally. Do you remember what it was? I said on a podcast. Was it about Pacific Heights? No, it, it was a movie he made in the last six or seven years. And I remember he came at me at Twitter a little bit, and I really I went right back at him with like, "I'm a huge fan. What are you doing?" Like it was one of those, and it got squashed. I I, I think he thought I was making fun of him, but I wasn't. Were you? So you've never had him on. Never had him on. He's he's. I would love to have him on because he was also in, in the band played on that I loved. There's something uh, about Modine that's actually stuff. like no one's ever going to say, "Hey, he's the best." Great but Knicks fan, but he's always kind of good. And he's also just seems like he's and, living life right. And man. he also he's so different. He's got this. He's got like the most relaxed. If you were a basketball player, you'd be like, how did that guy get 20? Yeah. Like, it was so slow, and it didn't really matter. I'd be like, no, no, he's totally in control. It's this relaxed thing, and it's, like, different. He's not doing anybody else. He's, like, only doing it the way he does it. And it works way more than it doesn't for his yeah, career. Yeah, I mean, in this movie, he's playing a selfish, oversexed, failed date rapist who is like the, most, <laughs> is the worst guy on his team. I don't think this is going to be the bridge to we're ruining, you're hoping it is. No, and, we're, and you're rooting for him <laughs> well, the whole movie. Well, you he's, put it that way. Uh, yeah. No, but he— but he's still doing Modine. Right. He's and you're still- just like, I just like Modine. I'm in on this guy. Uh, picking nits. Yeah. Oh, oh no. Let's uh, let's take a break. Then we'll do Apex Mountain. Now that we're two months into 2020 and everyone is trying to stick to their resolutions, Pepsi 
wants to usher in this new decade a bit differently by encouraging everyone to unapologetically do what you enjoy. Even in the face of others' judgment, Pepsi encourages you to let loose, be yourself, and live your life like nobody's watching, like me. You know what I like to do sometimes? Just not eat lunch. Maybe I'll have like a juice or a water. Maybe I'll have a Pepsi. Just have no food. I'll just reset it and then I come back strong for dinner. Every single thing I've ever read on the internet advises people not to do this. But you know what? It clears my head. I'm less tired. I'm more alert. Right now I am plowing through this ad. I feel fantastic. I feel really alert. The words are just popping out of my brain. And uh, and it's all because sometimes I don't like to eat lunch. Guess what? Don't judge me, Pepsi. That's what I like. Apex Mountain for Modine. Is it this or Full Metal Jacket? Oh it's, oh, it's Full Metal Jacket. Okay. This is this is Apex Mountain for nobody. 1980s wrestling movies? Apex Mountain. <laughs> Spokane? Michael Shofflin? Probably Spokane. Michael Shofflin no, and Frank six, Jasper? 16 Candles. Frank, Frank Jasper. Jasper. It is Frank Jasper's Apex Mountain. Yeah. Uh, what, what did you call the thing the wrestling coach wears? Singlet? The singlet? Apex Mountain for the singlet? Um, I always feel like the, the singlet Apex Mountain would always be that Saturday afternoon wrestling that we got as little kids growing up where we get hosed. We never get any good matches yeah. on TV. And then, you know, whatever, like famous guy would come out and then it'd be like, Cliff Cliffs. You know? <laughs> <laughs> that guy, that was singlet, you know. John Waite? Uh... It's either this or Santa Almost Fire. I think it's, well, you mean John Waite in movies? Because I think Missing You is a bigger song than this, right? That's John Waite, isn't was it? This before, was Missing You before or after this? I'll look it up one second. I think 1985 was just his overall Apex Mountain, would be my take. Uh, missing You is 84. Spokane? It, Have you did it ever been better there? than this? No, I haven't. Um, did it ever get better for Spokane than this movie? We'll hear about it if it did. Okay. If, if there's I don't know reader, enough about it, so I don't. There's I, I'm a listener m- out there who thinks it got better. Fiorentino? Uh, I think it's that Pete Berg movie. Yeah, and she Last was in Men, Seduction. Isn't she in Men in Black? And then she yeah. has like a nice little run there, and then she seriously doesn't do anything. She does one thing from 02 until today. And she's involved in the Anthony Pelicano case. I think she's pretty difficult. Ah. Uh, she worked with our guy. Well, she's from Philly. She did Jade with Caruso. That's right. It's me and Chris's guy. It's like Who, Caruso? everybody has one guy. Yeah, and for me and Chris, one. it's David yeah. Caruso. Yeah, I I remember one of the first times I didn't think I liked Bill was because of how much you liked Caruso. Oh, yeah. And I remember your dad. Didn't your dad say like, hey, so what are you doing? You're going to ESPN? Well, didn't Caruso try to do movies? <laughs> well, that was, <laughs> wasn't that what you, your dad did? Some almost right. Because when I went to go... Uh, when I went to go work for Jimmy Kimmel, my dad didn't understand it. He's like, you're going to leave Boston. It's you like worked Caruso for five years NYPD for this Blue. calm to take off. It took off. And now you're going to work for some TV show that might not make it. This is like a David Crusoe move. I'm like, Dad, I'll see you later. <laughs> came to LA. And then a couple years later, I came back. I was like, see you, old man. Right. TBD. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> Picking nits. Can I go first? If you're from Trenton. Yeah. And you're driving to San Francisco. That was my first one. Well, she's hitchhiking. Okay. Why are you in Spokane? That doesn't be, even if she's hitchhiking, it doesn't make I any know. sense. I, I mapped it out last night. The n- most northern you would go would be maybe Cheyenne. And the I only love, thing I, I could think of is if she had a friend in Washington that she was veering completely but out of the way. Then why not get on the sit. Greyhound then, and get down stay, to Seattle or wherever it is? Or stay with them instead of horny, weird Modine. Yeah. And 
underutilized dad who apparently beats the shit out of people no matter what. Another Carla <laughs> picking nit is, did she, she never wears the same thing twice, with the exception of maybe the tank top, but every day has a different jacket. The hat, she looks She's, great. Now, are we to believe How that maybe- How many suitcases? Well, or is she wearing the mother's clothes? Oh. <laughs> Which is creepy, but that Zelda Fitzgerald look she has, I'm like, where did who has that just in a duffel bag that she's hitchhiking? She with? had nine suitcases. Because can you no wonder it's been such a tough beat. She's hitchhiking, she's like, one second, I have all these steamer <laughs> trunks full of vintage clothing <laughs> I want to pack away. I mean, what the fuck is going on? Let with me her? just grab my porter. Yeah, exactly. Uh Red cap. I, so that was your first one because there's two ways to go. And from Trenton to San Francisco, no, it would take 31 or 33 hours. The southern route is actually uh, longer, I believe. It's but. a classic 80s fuck-up, never realizing that 35 years later we'd be picking this movie apart. Yeah. And they just fucked up. Yeah. All right, so I, me, I, me going for that was your first one. That was my first one. Why would I ever think that would get past this guy? <laughs> Did you think about that too, no, Chris? No, I didn't think about the... The tournament when he loses to Lewis Smith ends with the match in the 178 weight class. I always thought it just went up until it got to the heaviest person. What... What wrestling tournament ends with 178? Is it just well known like 168 where all the best guys are? I don't know I enough no about high school yeah, wrestling either. Um, I can't wait to see how mad somebody gets about us not knowing. There, there's some really weird scoring in the shoot ladder match where it's nine and nine with about a minute left, and then it jumps to 13 and nine. All of a sudden, he's down four points with 27 seconds left when he gets a bloody nose. There's an extra two points in there that we don't see. I it's, really, it's very upsetting. I don't know that I. They shoot has a takedown at nine nine. See, when I was watching, Loudon I didn't have any the, problems with the scoring. Shoot takedown, and it was nine nine. So now it's eleven nine. Loud and bloody nose goes to the sideline. Scoreboard thirteen nine. I thought those points worked out when I watched it last no, night. I didn't have any. They problems did not. With it. This is a nitpick from producer Craig. Would this movie have been better if he was gaining weight? If he had to go from 160 no, to 190? And here's the thing. I, I he don't has to really go De Niro, feel, Raging Bull. I don't feel like Modine demonstrably loses a lot of weight in this movie, which is a problem because it's supposed to be 20 pounds, right? 30 pounds? Yeah. yeah. It and seems he never like he's actually gaining weight. De- different. Yeah. So he I think it's the shirt whole off. thing. He looks great in that one. So. Yeah, yeah. But if he's gaining weight, it would ha- you would have to do that over the course of the movie. You would have to go chronologically and have him gain. But, but you, he can be losing weight by always wearing baggy clothes, always wearing the rubber suit, and only at the very end do we really see him ripped. I'm just wondering on that question, scoring but, thing. Wasn't there like a penalty point for maybe shoot? Maybe for a bloody nose. I thought that there was a penalty. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be texting you later tonight because now I'm going to go over the scoring again. <laughs> Any other nitpicks? I didn't even. I wasn't. Trying I have to some unanswerable questions okay. that could be best quote. We've gone through most of them, but shoots a monster. His own father has to use a live wire to keep him from fucking the fireplace. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. Yeah, <laughs> who fucks a fireplace? Yeah, shoots a monster, man. A genuine territory. Get real. His own father has to use a live wire to keep him from fucking the fireplace. Yeah, I know about all that. <laughs> yeah, that's that was a, that is a good line. That yeah. was pretty great. Uh, could this be remade as a ten Wait, episode? Have, do you okay. not like I loved your piece on the clitoris? I showed it to my mother. What a blast to the First Amendment! Huh? The first thing they do is shut down the press and imprison the intellectuals. I loved your piece on the clitoris. I showed it to my mother. Yeah, that was good. March it was great. 
Cooch Doctor and Out of Space or whatever that was. Cooch Doctor. Cooch Doctor and Out of Space. What the fuck is this? You mean you don't recognize it? Wait a minute, this is Coos. Man, I'm thinking very seriously of becoming a gynecologist. A Coos Doctor in Outer Space? Man, you're flipping out. I want to be able to look inside women, find the power that they have over me. I mean, he, well, he goes from like, hey, I'm going to be a doctor in outer space and I want to talk to the Martians. We're like, whoa. Like, there's just so many different lines that Modine has that you just kind of like, okay, I think I think I got yeah. this. I think I know where you this guy like is that. at. Sure. Like, okay, now he's sniffing panties. And she, again, Carla handles that really well. Yes. Like, oh, I've just moved in with this high school guy and his dad. Oh, his kid's sniffing Well, she's panties. like, don't worry about those panties. I brought another trunk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, then he's like, no, I'm going to be a space <laughs> gynecologist. I mean, you're right. Like, it just... There are so many different times you're like, what? Is the explanation like this guy is 600 cows a day picking away at wheat germ burgers, like just not getting enough food? Yeah, maybe it he's, like he's going insane. Yeah. Yeah, that could be it. Because in the Wikipedia summary, it, it's like Carla, you know, ends up in this romance with them, blah, blah, blah. I'm, I'm paraphrasing. And yet he feels like his goal of getting to 168, he's distracted by her. And I'm like, I never felt that once. Right. She feels that way. He doesn't feel that yeah, way. Yeah, like this kid, he's on a vision quest. Could this be remade as a 10-episode Netflix show? I actually think it could, and I think that would be an interesting move. It's been 35 years. I don't normally like remakes, but I would sign Would you update that. it, or would you Yeah, I would make 80s. it a 2020, set it up. I think wrestling works as a, I, I think it's a really good sports movie gimmick. It's like boxing, but it's a little more contained, and I kind of like the scoring. Like, World According to Garp had some wrestling stuff, too, and- I've always kind of liked the takedowns and trying to count the score and can can he get out of the pin and crawl out or somebody the accidental elbow and there's just a lot of stuff going on. It's weird that there's only been two wrestling movies. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I was I was trying to figure out whether to update it or not. I would also just take in the whole high school. I just would love like some more more Marge. There's uh, no way there was no way in the TV show that the high school kid would hook up with the girl staying with them. No, not today. Well, that's the 80s. Yeah, that's they, what I mean. 2020, yeah. it wouldn't happen. They were going to do remake the movie. And uh, one of the guys from Twilight, Taylor, was going to play. Lautner? Wow. Yeah, Taylor Lautner. That would have been bad. I don't know if he was loosely attached in this city's terms (laughs) to what it was. But yeah, 2009, there was talk of remaking this. I was thinking uh, one way to maybe remake it is she's Loudon's female in the movie instead of male. You flip genders on it. Because now there's a lot of like female wrestling. Sure. That's a, that's a whole movie. So and then, then, you and can, then some weird outsider dude drifts through yeah, town. That and, part's and the, not going to work. And You're the like, mom is like, stay with us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that part, found right. this guy at a I fucking used car lot. Yeah. Season two, he's dating the mom. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. Probably unanswerable <laughs> questions. We covered some of them. Did Charlie Sheen market correct Michael Schaffling? Is there an alternate universe yeah, where— Yeah, because he's basically the Michael Schaffling role in Lucas, right? And in Ferris Bueller. Yes. Yeah. Did he just steal his career? Could it have been Schaffling Michael Schaffling and, and, and Two Men and a Baby and all these other things? Two Men and a Baby? Name? What was that? What was the thing he was doing with John Cryer? Two and a Half Men. Two and a Half Men. Yeah. Three Men and a Baby. You're thinking of Gutenberg. Yeah. <laughs> Two no, and a Half Men. The ghost kid? The thing is, is if Schaffling— what, what are we talking about if Schaffling gets the, the Wall Street platoon Young Guns run? Yeah. You know? Why not? At no point does he seem like he's not able to hang. Like, he's great in 16 Candles. He's really good. and That's the thing. It's I'm, I think Shafflin could have pulled off all of those parts you just mentioned. He could have been in Wall Street. Platoon. It's not like Charlie Sheen was, like, amazing in those movies. Right. He was just Charlie Sheen. 
I got that. I have a boy. This is a good one. This is going to be the highlight of the pod for me. So he goes in to see the Tai Chi guy, and the guy has guys wrestling sneakers, yeah. right? And he's like, "Hey, man, I can get you some sneakers. I got, I got sporting goods." Yeah. If you watch the movie, if you watch the first two thirds of the movie, Loudon has shitty wrestling sneakers. You go to the tail end of the movie, the red ones. He's got fucking mint. Expensive, nice wrestling sneakers. Yeah. Like skinny jeans in yeah. the eighties. Are we supposed to? <laughs> no, we're not. surmise. We're not. I he did. sold that his he body made, for. Yeah, he I made another sneakers? run with Tai Chi yeah. guy to get the wrestling. Sneakers. No, I don't think so. I think he did. He's the weirdest guy ever at every turn, and he does I seem like he's missing that guy. He's yeah. like, "Where's Kevin from four forty-five? It's right. weird." Does Kevin when Kevin orders two slices of lemon cake? Lemon meringue. Yeah. Is solo. he like hoping someone comes up and is like, have some cake with me? Yeah, I think it's a move. Okay. And by the way, if you're going to be doing any kind of martial arts training while <laughs> room service shows up and you open <laughs> the door and you're second. like, hold on. And then you have to like bow out to respect the routine. And then you're like, oh, my lemon meringue's here. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I like to do Tai Chi because it chills me out for bed. But first, I'm going to have pure whipped cream and concentrated sugar. And, and coffee. Ju- yeah, and coffee. And coffee. And What's I, that guy's story? And I'm going to fondle the room service guy. Yeah. And they get in, and I'm going to turn in. Yeah, I think yeah. I think Loudon, I don't think he paid for those sneakers. Because the shot of those shoes was a close-up. The director wanted you to know, hey, remember those shoes? And it goes back to there's, you know, there's an underlying theme in this movie that it's hard Sexual to separate deviancy, whether it's yeah. 80s or whether there's more going on. Mm-hmm. The wrestling sneakers were a red flag for Sure. So there you go. Now, I knew you would love that, Rissola. I thought about it. It's yeah. in my notes. Uh, I don't want to tell you what I wrote down, but... What happens to Loudon after high school? I mean, probably prison. He's had... <laughs> he He's completed his vision quest. He pinned shoot. He, pin, he, he had sex at, with an older yeah. woman who's now going to San Francisco. What next? Oh, he What's sucks. The next mountain? He gets he, his he ass kicked apart. in a bunch of different cities randomly. <laughs> um, but the thing is, is he's smart enough. But then he kind of becomes like one of those local guys. Like in the beginning, you think like, oh, this guy's kind of interesting. Like, what's his deal? And he's like, oh, I was at Wazoo. And we're like, you know, I was actually all packed. It would have been packed 10, you know, wrestling. I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. And then all of a sudden he's like, did I ever tell you about the time I went to Neptune? And you're like, oh. Yeah. yeah. He's like, all right, well, let me get another... We'll get another bourbon and I'll tell you about space travel. And you're like, oh, this guy he's, sucks. He's got a fucking eye patch and holds a log in his hand and is the Unabomber. It's just like that simple. <laughs> because he's just yeah. out there just being like, here's my, here, I wrote another science but article. But then I could also Who's see Who's writing him? unprompted science articles? Yeah, that. And he's like, oh, you should check out my science blog. And yeah. like, Where is it? We're like, well, I haven't found the right tech guy. I'm in between tech guys. And then, you know, he also, but he's smart enough to kind of do some other stuff. I could see him starting a cult. Mm. And then they're doing a documentary yeah. on him, and they were yeah. like, "What's up with Loudon?" He'd be like, "You know, Loudon's like, you know, it was the early '90s. I hadn't been dating much, right? And so I decided the best way to meet people start a cult. I thought goes to University of Washington, wrestles. You dub feels, it's probably pretty expensive. It feels though. Eastern Washington. Yeah, Eastern Washington. Washington he goes. State. He goes to state. Washington State. Whatever. Wrestles. Comes back. Becomes a teacher at the school. No oh, way. Him and Tanner. Well, then he's out. Becomes teacher at the school and then gets fired after he gets involved with the junior. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. yeah. I think that's how it plays out because he's got the constant erections. What? Uh, did you have an unanswerable question? couple. One is how fucking bad does this kid smell? Because all he does is sweat <laughs> in a rubber suit and then change right into the clothes he needs to be in for like his day. So he's either getting to work. Can you imagine this guy bringing you room service? 
Oh, and he's yeah, been he running stinks. around in a rubber suit all day, and he's like, here's your pie. Not a, not a fan. Probably no tip there, unless I'm Kevin from the 445. Yeah, Kevin gave him the tip. Uh, number two, sneakers. a little concerned about just the org structure of the school newspaper where Marge is both like the editor-in-chief writing editorials, but is also the chief sports writer. It just feels like... That's it's a lot. It's a big workload. Yeah. And I think she's actually, she was maybe in the unofficial official score. I couldn't tell. For a match at I one point. Tell. I'll tell you, she was way ahead of her time with extracurricular activities to that's try to get into college. That's true. I think she went to like Berkeley. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and that's, yeah, that's all for uh, unanswerable. Um, so Carla leaves loud and starts dating the Marge. Oh, for sure. Well, he has to because Marge obviously tells after he like understands the poem and she's like, I'm in love with you. And then he faints because he's getting nosebleeds all the time. Like Loudon is going to have such, such a bad rep after a couple of years of high school and whatever happened at Eastern Washington, that she's going to, she's going to be one of his only options. Right. So they're going to smash. I had one other nitpick. I forgot to mention <laughs> the big, the big scene at the end. And they have all the people in the different parts of the audience. Yeah. So it's like Tanner ends over here, but then Elmo's over here and then Carla's here. And then, his dad and his grandfather over here, like, couldn't they just put everybody in the same row? Oh, so like, he should have had, like, a, like a wise yeah. and girlfriend just section? a lot of cutaways after he wins before yeah. it gets to him holding his hand. Speaking of the cutaways, it's almost a little, it isn't Dennis Hopper Hoosiers showing up to the game, but Elmo, when he, like, gets mad and shoves a woman out of his way. <laughs> <laughs> because she's getting in his way and he can't see. And then the next cutaway to him, I thought it was like a vape pen, but he's actually just getting a cigarette going. I get that the smoking thing growing up for like Bill and I was was a free-for-all. I don't remember mid-80s gyms allowing smoking you to, in a high school yeah, gym. Yeah. Yeah. I, don't, I don't think it was that reckless even back then. He's just like, man, this is a hell of a match. <laughs> ben Simmons and I watched Big last night, mm-hmm. and Elizabeth Perkins is smoking like – Everywhere for the first, you know, oh, yeah. her first 20 right. minutes of that movie. Like, she's got cigs in the limo and at the cocktail party and in meetings and all that. It was only 30 years ago. So maybe Elmo, maybe he was justified. So Vision Quest 2, you would center around Elmo. Uh, he goes to Brazil to yeah, see Elmo Pele. Elmo makes the pilgrimage to the... Uh, to Brazil to see to see the, the to meet a washed up Pele. Yeah, or I'd see, like to know what happened to shoot. Like, because whenever you're the baddest, tough loss for shoot. When you're the baddest guy, like, there's just and now you have this this thing. Like, what's it like when you go back to your high school the next day? And I just can't express this enough. If Modine was the best in his weight class already in the 190s, and was that unpopular, like that's hard to do. Yeah, it's hard to be like, hey, I'm one of the best wrestlers, and none of the wrestlers want to sit with me. And then I do the peg completion board. Then I guess everything turned around. And oh, by the way, I'm dating a smoking 1985, 21-year-old. And that's like on the record. It's yeah. happening. And I beat shoot. And everybody like, still you, doesn't like you. Yeah, like Right. You got to get out of town. I have one more unanswerable question, but I want to do it like it's a first take segment. You guys ready? Sure. Who's who here? Uh, it's just we're, we're, we're stepping in for first take for okay. the day. All right, Bill Simmons back here on first take. I'm with Chris Ryan and Ryan Rosillo. We're going to talk about the big shoot Swain match last night. Guys, did Brian shoot choke? <laughs> Ryan, what do you think? He's up 13 9, 27 seconds left. Loudon has a bloody nose. Ryan, what was he doing? Why wasn't he just trying to get away and run out the clock? I've been saying for three years that shoot was going to fall off a cliff. And even though he won two state titles after I said it, um, 
you know, I've told you, he was always a system guy. You know, he wasn't good against length. I've been sitting on this show for years, despite his success, saying that I might be wrong. Like, I knew this day was coming, so I will take my W. I'm Crick. looking at the at the everywhere spirit. I want to see if uh, if uh, Loudon can get t- tested for any Native American spiritual intervention. Mm. Are we sure that shouldn't be banned? Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Or maybe a drug test or That's something. Right. Here's the thing, shoot. You're the best guy in Washington. You've never lost before. You're trying. You you have this whole. I've pinned everybody I've ever wrestled record. At some point, take the win. Take the win. You're up 13 9, 27 seconds left. Get the win. The job is to win the match. Are we done? That's good. Okay, good. That's good. Who won the movie? Personally, Fiorentino. I mean, that's why I would go back to this movie. Carla. I think she's great in this movie. Oh, like, so you you don't agree with me in the beginning where the acting's a little up and down? Oh, I don't mind it. I, I, I find it like a little punk rock, kind of like just getting into it, just kind of like feeling, feeling her way through the part. I think Modine wins because he's playing somebody who has a lot of unredeeming qualities and I'm still rooting for him all the way through the movie. What do you think? Um, I think Atlas's traditional Atlas's win. <laughs> yeah, that's because, right. Because, yeah. you know, if these people back then had had some sort of Google map or any kind of thing, like, I just still can't believe how long it took to drive to his grandfather's house. <laughs> well, his grandfather's house was like in Ontario. I it's just they're, assume they're in Canada. Ontario. Uh, what? Canada. You want to give it Ontario? <laughs> Ontario. Yeah. Where is that? It's I've never heard that, that word. But Ontario? Yeah, Ontario is makes it sound like it's in never Ontario. Like the never Ontario would be really far. Yeah. And, and it did take a while to get there. What's the part of Canada? Ontario? Ontario is yeah, Ontario yeah. is Canada. But that's, what did Canada. I say? Ontario. Oh. I'm tired. These lights are flashing on I me. I think you'd be better off saying like Saskatoon. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Uh, Vision Quest. I'm glad we did this. Great work. Episode two of the Flawed Rewatchables miniseries. Chris Ryan, Ryan Masso. Thank you. Thanks to Rosillo and thanks to Chris. Next week, we're doing Oceans 12. I'm not on that one. We have a more than able crew helming that one. It's the third installment of the Flawed Rewatchables. Ocean's 12. You have a week to watch it. Thanks to Sonos. Upgrade your movie watching experience and enjoy brilliant sound your way with Sonos. Every speaker designed from the inside out for incredibly detailed sound and deep bass, then fine-tuned by Oscar and Grammy-winning producers, mixers, artists. Getting started super duper easy. Plug in your speaker, open the app, connect all your favorite streaming services or TV, whatever you want. As long as you have Wi-Fi, you're good to go. Go to Sonos.com to learn more. And thanks to Pepsi, they want to usher in the new decade a bit differently by encouraging everyone to unapologetically do what you enjoy, even in the face of other others' judgment. I lied before. I said I wasn't going to eat anything today. Well, I did have some pop chips. So, you know, that's another thing I like to do. I like to tell slight white lies that make me look better. Pepsi, that's what I like. Back next week with Ocean's 12.